Hey there, future fans! This week, everyone has a price. We go shoe shopping, and he liked it, so he put a lot of rings on it. This is the week of September 3rd, 2021, and you are listening to episode 215 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show and we have a kind of a good week i mean there are some interesting movies coming out obviously the big one we have another big marvel movie coming out a one that's had a little bit of controversy to it due to one of its stars aquafina and and the fact that it's another marvel movie with a main cast made up of people of color and we have a hotly debated score for the film, uh, you know, critics score, uh, just because it seems like the score jumped up right away to the 90 something and just keeps dropping. But then again, remember that you shouldn't care what critics have to think because they are dead inside and uh, don't have a soul. Hell, you shouldn't even really care what I have to think about a movie. You should listen to this show because you want to learn about the movie news, the new trailers, and all of the movies hitting theaters or streaming during the week. That's why you should listen to me. I do give my opinion because it's my show. I give my opinion. But make your own opinion. We're all grown-ups, right? We can do this. This is something we can all do. You can watch a trailer and form an opinion by yourself. Well, my friends, let me tell you what it is you're listening to in case you're new. And if you are new, welcome to the show. If you are not new to the show, then welcome back. And to you, to you, I say thank you. Well, I I thank everyone. Thank you for just giving me a shot. And hey, if I'm not for you, I get it. I mean, I, I mean, there's some very popular podcasts out there that I just don't like. Of course, with Joe Rogan, it's more of that he seems like a huge ass and doesn't really think before he says anything. But hey, he is the most popular podcast person in the world. So what do I know? Though the good thing for me is that at least when I stick my foot in my mouth, I don't do it as bad as him. So there we go. That That's something. Well, my friends, you are listening to Future Flicks with the Billiam. And on the show, I do quite a few things and all of them are movie related. The first is we talk about any movie news that has caught my eye since the last episode. We then talk about any movie trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. In both of these cases, I myself am a human and thus I am not perfect. It's a shock. I know it shocks me every day when I remember. But the good news is if there is ever anything that I missed that you think I should have talked about, you can let me know and I will bring it up in the next episode. I started recording this episode late, so hopefully all the news worthy of talking about for this week will have come out by now. And after the news and trailers, we jump into the movies. I talk about every film coming out during this week. 
and I talk about any film coming out in theaters and streaming, limited or nationwide release, and I break them up into two sections. The first is the limited release section. That's any movie that's getting a limited theatrical release that also didn't catch my eye. It did nothing to impress me, so I just put it in the section and go, hey, by the way, this is coming out, and who knows, maybe you might find your next favorite film in that segment. I don't know this. And then we jump into the wide releases and interesting indies, exactly like it sounds. Every wide release, including nationwide releases and releases coming to major streaming services. And then those smaller limited release films that did catch my eye. We wrap it all up with a pick of the week. And that's a movie that I say, hey, if you do see any film in the theaters this week, this is the one, in my opinion, is most worth watching. And yes, quite often it is a blockbuster because blockbusters have the benefit of the theater or the theater experience that is, but not always. So it's always, uh, it's always fun to think about what it is. Well, my future friends, let us jump into the first segment, which as always is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Let's start with a story from Cinema Blend. If you remember, we are getting a Clerks 3, and the shoot has just ended. Kevin Smith dropped a picture with Jason Mewes to celebrate the occasion, and they look old, but I am still very excited for this. Look, any movie with Jay and Silent Bob in it isn't great, but they're fun. They're fun films, and Kevin Smith luckily has done nothing to get canceled, and... I would like to think by now we're safe. I would like to think by now that nothing is going to come out so we can continue watching all of his films and just breathe a sigh of relief going, wow, we can fully enjoy this film. It's not problematic. But back to the film Clerks 3, we do know a few things. We know that it's about Dante, Elias, Jay, and Silent Bob are enlisted by Randall after a heart attack to make a movie about the convenience store that started it all. So we know that the cast so far Consists of Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, of course, Rosario Dawson, uh, Jeff Anderson, and Brian Halloran. There is no set release date as of yet, but of course, when I know, then you will know. Our next story comes to us from Deadline. It's regarding the next Matrix movie. It now has an official title, so it's not just The Matrix 4. It is now The Matrix Resurrections. We know some people that are going to be in it, of course. We have Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, we knew that. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is returning. And I'm not saying they're the only ones, but they're the, they're the only ones I see on the IMDb page. Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II is in this. Christina Ricci, Jessica Henwick. Jonathan Groff is in this, oddly enough, which I love. Neil Patrick Harris. This is a good cast. So right now it has a tentative release date of December 22nd this year, but of course I'm not sure if it actually will, seen as uh, COVID is getting bad again. If you remember, my friends, uh, last week we talked about the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. We finally got that trailer, and there's been a lot of speculation around it, and so far not a, nothing has been confirmed, though I am questioning a lot of it. Some people think that in the trailer when Peter is being arrested, or he's handcuffed at least, you see Matt Murdock there, but I, I really don't think that's Matt Murdock unless he just kind of gained a little bit of weight. I mean, not trying to body shame anyone, but Matt Murdock is f***ing ripped. And also that uh, quite a few people have pulled that still from the trailer. They swear it's the lizard in the background. I, I don't know. I don't think it's the lizard. It could be. 
So nothing official about that yet, but we will see. Uh, the next actual story comes to us from Hype Beast. In an interview, a recent interview, Donnie Yen says that working on John Wick Chapter 4 has been the best time he's had in Hollywood. Donnie Yen, of course, joining the cast. You would know him from a lot of great films like the Ip Man movies. He was also in Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. In the interview, he said, I have to take this opportunity to express my utmost appreciation for Chad and Keanu. He says they're just lovely men. They've got a big heart. Keanu's a good, good soul, a good man. Chad is also a very good man, very knowledgeable. People think of him as a brilliant action guy, but he's not just that. He understands film. So that does give me hope because Don Yen didn't have to say that much. You know, he could have just said, oh, yeah, it was great. We had a great time. Uh, they're like family now, yada, 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 and just leave it at that. But, you know, I, I trust him. John Wick Part 4, or Chapter 4, has a release date of May 27th next year. My friends, this next story comes to us from Flickering Myth. If you had heard rumors about, you know, a new Rocketeer movie, then apparently you heard right because it's in the works for a Disney Plus movie. So far, we know, and of course everything is subject to change, but we know that David Oyelowo is going to be in it. We know that it's going to be about a former Tuskegee Airman who puts on the suit. Well, not the suit, but the rocket, you know. It doesn't say if this is going to be a direct sequel or not, uh, or even just a, a sequel that doesn't really tie into the first besides the jetpack. I don't know, and as more info comes out, I will let you know. My friends, you may remember when I was talking about that documentary that came out called Val, about Val Kilmer, uh, I mentioned the fact that, oh, he is going to be in the next Top Gun movie, but how how is he going to be in it? Because he did have throat cancer and he now can't speak. But it turns out we know that Tom Cruise was adamant that Val Kilmer should be in Top Gun 2, and he really wanted him to be there. So Val Kilmer showed up, was in the film, and we know that they recreated his voice with artificial intelligence. So yes, he will be in the film, and um, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm glad that Tom Cruise wanted him in the film. And my future friends, you know I had to talk about it. The final story, a sad story, comes to us from the New York Times. And uh, Ed Asner has passed away. Uh, a lot of people would know him from Up, because I think that is actually one of his biggest roles. Because Up was loved by so many people. But many would know him from the Mary Tyler Moore show, or hey, he was also Santa in Elf. There was no cause of death specified, just that he has passed away. Uh, he passed away on August 29th at the age of 91. Well, my future friends, that is it for the news. Let us take our first break as we hear word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, and we'll be right back with the trailer trove. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, my friends, we are back with a short trailer trove. Uh, of course, after I talk about the films I already have prepped, we're going to do one more look just to make sure something didn't slip past me. But let's start with one called The Power of the Dog. 
This looks like a Western thriller, I guess. I don't quite know. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith-McPhee, Thomas and McKenzie, and Francis Conroy. And that's a pretty damn good cast right there. My issue is the trailer makes it look like it's trying to be one of those A24 horror movies, which are super hit or miss. They're either really good or they're absolute sh**. Even though I really like the cast, I and it's a Netflix original, that's another good thing. Uh, it's expected to come out December 1st. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. So if you like that cast, check out the trailer. Maybe it's for you. If you like those kind of weird indie horror thriller movies, even though Netflix is not an indie company, uh, it's that kind of feeling I get from the trailer. If you like those, then check this out. Uh, we will, of course, talk about it again when it comes out December 1st. But as of right now, um, it looks like it could be well acted. And uh, I haven't seen Kristen Dunst in a while, so good for that. My friends, next up, we have a movie that I didn't think was going to turn out the way it did, at least from the uh, the main two actors in it. Uh, but this is a movie called The Starling. It's a Netflix original movie uh, coming to select theaters and Netflix on September 24th, so this very month. And it has an interesting cast. The main two people are Melissa McCarthy and Chris O'Dowd. They were in Bridesmaids together. You'd think this is a comedy. It is not. There's nothing funny about the trailer. It hits you right in the feels and it hurts. But it has a stellar cast. Okay. So we have Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd, which we know. We have Kevin Klein. We have David Diggs. We have Timothy Oliphant. And then... Other people you may know, like uh, Veronica Falcone, Skylar Gazzando, Elizabeth Rom, Loretta Devine, Jimmy O. Yang. But that main cast is fantastic. This movie looks really good. It's about this couple. They're going to have a baby. Uh, fast forwards, fast forwards some time. The guy's in a psychiatric institute. The woman is just working what looks like a dead-end job in a grocery store, which hits a little close to home. And... You find out they lost the baby. This is very serious shit. And he is not handling it well. She is handling it better. Maybe. Maybe she's better at handling it. Or maybe she's just pretending to handle it better. Uh, her friend tells her, oh, hey, look, there's this person I know that you should talk to. It turns out he's a vet who used to be a psychiatrist who tries to give her advice. And it's about it's about them. It, it, it that's what it's about and it sounds super depressing but also hopefully uplifting in the end with a really good cast and i'm very excited to see melissa mccarthy in a serious role she's done serious before but uh, i i'm always excited to see a comedic actor in a serious role next up friends we have the first trailer for spencer this is the biopic of princess diana where she is played by Kristen Stewart, and it looks fantastic. Some of the bigger names in the cast are Kristen Stewart, of course, Sean Harris, and Sally Hawkins. Uh, oh, Timothy Spall as well. And it looks like it's going to be really fucking depressing, because we know what happens to Princess Diana. The only question still left, and to some it's not even a question anymore, is was she killed? But this is going to be about, about her. In fact, this is going to be about the time when she decides to leave Prince Charles. So yet another heavy movie to talk about. Uh, it just it just looks so good. Kristen Stewart looks the part. 
I mean, when you really put them side by side, not really. Um, but at the same time, she looks good enough in the role that when you watch it, you're like, holy shit, that is Princess Diana. This has a release date of November 5th this year. And um, and you know what? Ever since all that shit came out about the royal family uh, with Harry and Kate, you know what? I hope this causes more controversy. All right, my friends, so far, one final movie in the trailer trove, and then I'm going to look to see if any more came out. But right now we have to talk about The King's Man, the final trailer for the Kingsman prequel movie. And yeah, this was the trailer I've been waiting for the whole time. So I always knew I was going to see this movie. Uh, the question was, was I going to see it in theaters or was I going to wait? But I've liked the trailer so far, but I also it also didn't just grab me and go, hey, you have to watch this movie. This is going to be great. This trailer, this final trailer did it. This final trailer brought the spirit of the first two Kingsmen into the King's Man. So not only do we know what the movie's about, but we get that feeling that we got from the first one that we know, yes, this is a Matthew Vaughn movie. This is a prequel to those these other movies that we've already enjoyed. And I'm very excited because we see more of Jimin Honsu in the trailer, and he is one of the selling points for me. Like, I, I love Ray Fiennes. He is great. Gemma Arterton, great. Uh, Aaron Taylor-Joy, Stanley Tucci. Th this is a great cast, but seeing Jimin Honsu in this badass role uh, I, I can't wait. And now this movie is making me even more excited where before I was just kind of, eh, I didn't think it was going to be terrible. Not at all. But now I'm officially on board and my friends, this shows you the power of a good trailer. This film comes out December 22nd and I will be in the UK then, hopefully. And we do indeed have one final trailer to talk about and it's the final trailer for No Time to Die. Finally, how many times can I say finally, finally coming out, maybe this month, because I'm getting conflicting reports on this. The final trailer says September 30th, but IMDb still says October 8th. Either way, that's only a week apart, so not too bad. So this new trailer is really setting this film up as the conclusion to Daniel Craig's time with James Bond, or as James Bond, uh, because... Usually with James Bond movies, they don't really tie in together. I mean, they may make hints that the other ones did exist. They'll make jokes, but they're really their own film. So it doesn't really matter what order you see them in, except for some of the earlier ones. Like, was it the Roger Moore had uh, the same bad guy for four, three or four movies in a row, I think. And then was it Sean Connery's Bond that got married and then his wife got killed. And then the next movie was him dealing with that. But other than that, they really don't tie into each other. But this one is implying that all of these films are going to come to some sort of finale with no time to die. And apparently at this point in time, James Bond has left active service. And then Felix, his good friend Felix, shows up and drags him back in. This has a really good cast. Uh, Daniel Craig, of course, Ana de Armas, Rami Malek, Lacey Doe, uh, La uh, Lashana Lynch, Ray Fiennes, Christoph Waltz, Ben Wishaw, Naomi Harris, Jeffrey Wright, Billy Magnuson. G damn, if that's not a great cast. And I'm not only excited for this film, but I'm excited for the future. Like Daniel Craig said, hands down, this is his last one. Uh, he wasn't even going to make this one, if you remember, but he said they would have to offer him a lot of money. And I'm guessing they did offer him a lot of money because he made it. So not only will this movie be a finale to 
Daniel Craig's time as Bond, but we will now get to start speculating even more on who the next one will be. I'm super excited for this to come out either end of this month or beginning of next. We will see. Well, my friends, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us jump into our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. And we'll be right back with the limited release section. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, we are back, and guess what? We actually have a limited release section this week, more than a couple films in it. And it was actually a little hard putting this list together, because, let's see, one, two, three, four of the films in the limited section, I kind of wanted to put in the wide releases because they do seem interesting, but it's ju- it was just missing that something, that special thing that made me go, yes, this movie. But let's start with the limited releases with one called Saving Paradise. This is an inspiring story based on true events about a ruthless corporate raider who is forced to return to his small town roots where he suddenly inherits his father's nearly bankrupt pencil factory which is the heart and soul of the depressed community. With the foreclosure deadline looming, he must decide to either let it close or join the community's fight to save it. This stars William Mosley from The Royals, Johanna Brady from Quantico, Mimi Kennedy from Mom, Shoshani Hall from Friend Request, Paul Dooley from Popeye, yeah, the Robin Williams Popeye, and Bill Cobbs from That Thing You Do. I have good news for you, though. If you want to watch this movie, watch the trailer because it basically showed you the whole thing. Next up, we have a film called We Need to Do Something. This is getting a VOD and limited release, whereas Saving Paradise was just limited. After Melissa and her family seek shelter from a storm, they become trapped. With no sign of rescue, hours turn to days and Melissa comes to realize that she and her girlfriend Amy might have something to do with the horrors that threaten to tear her family and the entire world apart. See, lesbians tear the world apart. I'm kidding. This stars Pat Healy from Station 19, Sierra McCormick from some show called Ant Farm, but A-N-T spelled out, Vanessa Shaw from Hocus Pocus, and John James Corin from Nosferatu. Now, this film is one of those indie horrors that it just didn't do it for me. Next up, we have one called Yakuza Princess, another limited VOD combo. The heiress to half of the Yakuza crime syndicate forges an uneasy alliance with an amnesiac stranger who believes an ancient sword binds their two fates. She must unleash war against the other half of the syndicate who want her dead. This stars Tsuyoshi Ihara from Letters to Iwo Jima and Jonathan Reese Myers from The Tudors. And it looks like crap. I wanted to love this because it actually has a Japanese person in it. And you know I love to support Asians, but no, it looks like sh-. Next up is the first movie 
that I, I debated putting the other section, but it didn't quite make it. This is called Zone 414, another limited VOD combo set in the near future in a colony of state-of-the-art humanoid robots. When its creator's daughter goes missing, he hires a private investigator, David Carmichael, to bring her home. David teams up with Jane, a highly advanced and self-aware AI, to track down the missing daughter. Moving through the dangerous iron jungle, they rapidly piece together the mystery, uncovering a crime that leads them to question the origins of Zone 414 and the true purpose behind the city of robots. Good thing they weren't looking for Zone 404 or they'd never find it. <laughs> You're welcome for that joke. You can keep it. This stars Travis Fimmel from Vikings, Guy Pierce from Memento, Matilda and Ingrid Lutz from Rings, Ned Dennehy from Good Omens, and Colin Salmon from Krypton. And I, this one was tough for me because I love original sci-fi. And especially it looks like whoever wrote this had a big hard-on for Blade Runner or Philip K. Dick or both, but it it just didn't grab me. Uh, the second film that almost made it out of the limited release jail was Good. No, that, that's, that's the title, Good. <laughs> Straight limited release, no VOD here. Peyton becomes a caretaker of Gregory Devereaux, a wealthy man facing his final months as they become close. Gregory's past sins force Peyton to decide between his dreams and a pregnancy that could squander them all. This stars Keith David from The Thing. And I wanted so bad to like this. I wanted so, so bad to put this in the wide releases and interesting indies. So bad. But the second half of the trailer just lost it for me because we have this guy who meets this old man, becomes his caretaker because the two get along. And we have something that that's kind of reminiscent of that French film turned American remake, The Upside. And the second half of the trailer just, it just went downhill. Next up, my friends, we have one called Hands Up. After his cousin is shot and killed by a white police officer in Chicago, a Black Lives Matter protest spreads across the city. A black inner city teen desperately fights for a way out of the most notorious murder capital of America. This stars Jamal Woolard from Notorious, LaRoyce Hawkins from Chicago PD, and Christy Lofton from Ballers. You know, you know what I should do for a living? Is movie studios should hire me, and I could watch their trailer, and I will tell them for, for my pay, you know, for the bread in my belly, that, hey, your trailer either slaps, so keep it, makes your movie look good, or let's change this up because I have no interest in seeing this awful piece of sh**. Why am I perfect for this? Because I love movies. I love all kinds of movies, all kinds of genres, so many actors and actresses, everything. I, I love it all. But this was another film that really got me interested at first and then dropped the ball in the second half because it seems, just from the trailer, just from the trailer alone, it seems like they're using police brutality and Black Lives Matter as a backdrop for a basic crime movie. And it's just not time for that. It's too real. It's still it's still going on. We're still in the midst of this. And unfortunately, unless shit actually changes, we're going to be in the midst of it for a while. And as most, uh, probably all of you know, I'm not black. So I can't speak on behalf of the black community. I can't say whether this is cool or not by the black community standards. But what I can tell you is this just doesn't feel right. And it actually kind of feels a little disrespectful 
I fully believe that somewhere in this film is a movie that isn't as bad as I think it is based on the trailer, but the trailer just left a bad taste in my mouth. Look, watch a trailer. Tell me what you think. And finally, in the limited release section, we have another dual limited release video on demand, and that's called The Gateway. A social worker assigned to the care of a, the daughter of a single mother intervenes when the dad returns from prison and lures them into a life of crime. This stars Frank Grillo from The Grey, Olivia Munn from The Newsroom, Shay Wingham from Boardwalk Empire, Taryn Manning from Orange is the New Black, Keith David again from They Live, and Bruce Dern from Nebraska. Uh, look, it has a good cast, but it just looks basic. Just too basic to put any thought into. All right, my friends, we have the wide releases and in interesting indies. And you know what? Let's just take a break. Let's just take our break. Hear a final word from our friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa and be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. Alright, we are back, my friends, with the wide releases and interesting indies. And let's start with Mogul Mowgli, a limited and VOD release. This is about a British-Pakistani rapper who is on the cusp of his first world tour, but is struck down by an illness that threatens to derail his big break. This stars Riz Ahmed from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Aisha Hart from A Discovery of Witches, which I don't think has come out yet, but I think that's the biggest thing she's from. And if you're a fan of the book series, you'll know her. Maybe not super familiar with, but I'll give you an idea. So in the trailer you get to hear some of his rapping. It sounds more like spoken word slam poetry, kind of. But I'll be honest, I am not a rap connoisseur, so I'm not judging, I'm just saying. And it it's deep, and it's good. And he brings up a good point. He says, basically, that he is looked at and called an outsider, and that he's told to go back home, but he was born in the United Kingdom. So basically, he says, look, if you want me to go back to the country that my genes are from that my family's from then i'll need a map because i don't know how to get there so this looks like an entertaining film a powerful film but one that could be like the sound of metal if you remember that film from last year uh i i was talking about it on the show and i thought it looked really good i wanted to see it and it it kind of exploded i mean it did get really popular uh it got noticed around award season and I think this could be that kind of film where it could get overlooked or it could just be one of those sleeper movies that just come out of nowhere and people are all about. So this could very well be it. But for right now, Mogul Mogli gets a seven out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a documentary coming to limited theatrical release and video on demand, just like Mogul Mogli. And it's called The Big Scary S Word. That word is Sasquatch. People are scared of Sasquatch. No, it's not. It's a documentary about socialism. After documenting the taboo word that it shows socialism has historically been in the U.S., the film argues it's way past time to replace the failed capitalist economic system. This, again, is a documentary. 
And you know what? I may be showing my political colors here, which you know I try not to do on the show. I don't like talking about politics because this show is about movies and movies are something that can bring us together. But I do think this is fascinating because I don't know how people like my dad don't see how stupid it is. Like the word socialism and you're like, oh my God, Red Scare. They're going to come and take away our freedoms. It's silly. And this documentary looks interesting. Looks interesting to me, which is why I give it a 6.5 out of 11. I'll be honest, I don't really know how the Bill score works. I just, I just kind of go with it. Like, after I'm done talking about the movie, then I give it a score. I usually don't plan the score. More than a couple times when recording the episode, I, not this episode in particular, but an episode, I've had to go back and re- give something a score just because the more I thought about it, the more it changed. But let's talk about the first of two Netflix original movies. And this one is called Afterlife of the Party. A social butterfly who dies during her birthday week is given a second chance to right her wrongs on Earth. This stars Victoria Justice from Victorious, Adam Garcia from Coyote Ugly, and Midori Francis from Dash and Lily. Look, I really liked Dash and Lily. I did. I I now own one of the books. It was cute. It was fun. It was really enjoyable to watch over Christmas. And Lily's getting more work, so that makes me happy. I haven't seen Victoria Justice in a while, though when I was younger, still in my 20s, so it was a little weird that I was watching it, but Victorious was one of my guilty pleasures. Don't worry, not in one of those creepy, he's going to get canceled sort of ways. I thought it was entertaining and I liked the musical aspect. But this is a basic film. Oh my god, is it so basic. We have seen something like this before. Uh, it was called All Dogs Go to Heaven. And now that I reminded you of your childhood trauma, let's talk about Afterlife of the Party. Um, This girl, she she's not necessarily a bad person. That's what I'm gathering from the trailer. She just likes to party a lot. And she gets so drunk one night that she falls in the bathroom and smacks her head on the toilet and dies. So she now is talking to her fairy godmother who says, or guardian angel, not fairy godmother. She's talking to her guardian angel who says, look, um, you're bound for somewhere else, somewhere warmer. And if you want to go somewhere not so devilish, then you need to right some of your wrongs. So she go so she sends her back only her best friend, played by Midori Francis, can see her. And with the help of her best friend, she has to right those wrongs if she has any hope of going to heaven. And we do know a couple things from the trailer. We know that she's dead, dead. Like, like she is dead and everyone knows she's dead. It could still be a dream. Yes, it could still 100% be a dream. And she wakes up and realizes everything that uh, she's done wrong and starts to make amends. We've seen that before as well, but we're trusting the trailer right now. And in the trailer, it shows her being dead, dead. So can she do it? Can she make amends in time? Can she save her soul? I'm going to guess yes, right now. I'm just going to guess yes, she does. Though I would be very interested to see if she didn't and she did go to hell. <laughs> that would be very interesting because you would not see that coming because it seems like one of those basic films you've seen a million times. And then so you go, well, hey, I know how this is going to end, but it's the journey that I'm interested in. So I'm going to watch it anyway. But then what would happen if you get to that end and you're like, oh, shit, that came out of nowhere. But then again, I've talked more about this film than I thought I was going to. 
So let us just end this and say that after Life of the Party, it's fine. It looks fine. It's a Netflix original film with a typical run-of-the-mill story. Something very familiar that doesn't seem like it's taking any risks. That's just there for the simple pleasure of a familiar film. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to skip that, like I probably will, fine, go for it. If you want to watch it, go for it too. But as for me, I say Afterlife of the Party gets a 5 out of 11. Alright, my future friends, next up is the second and final Netflix original film this week, and it's called Worth. An attorney in Washington, D.C. battles against cynicism, bureaucracy, and politics to help the victims of 9-11. Kind of. That's kind of what, what happens. So this stars Michael Keaton from Birdman, Stanley Tucci from Big Night, Tate Donovan from Argo, Laura Benanti from Nashville, and Talia Balsam from Mad Men. So what I'm gathering from the trailer is that this takes place shortly after 9-11, and it's about this lawyer who the government hires to figure out Basically, how much are these people worth? How much are these people worth that lost their lives in the terrorist attacks? And so we're going to give the, their loved ones who are still alive money equal to their worth so we don't get sued. Which brings me one question. It makes me think of one thing. Can you sue a government if your loved one dies in a terrorist attack? Can you do that? Like, oh, I'm supposed to be protected from terrorism. You didn't do it. So I or you didn't protect my loved one. So I get to sue you. I'll be honest. I don't know. But what I do know is that Michael Keaton is his lawyer and he is using this very cold way of doing everything. And so what I'm guessing from the trailer is that he's realizing, oh, hey, these are actual human beings, not just numbers. And he's going to go from simply doing his job to actually trying to help these people. Now, this film looks interesting. It looks really well acted. And bonus points, it's on Netflix, which so many people have the most popular streaming service. So why not give it a watch? And come on, Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci. Those are fucking amazing names. Stanley Tucci is a powerhouse of an actor and Michael Keaton is better now than he ever was before. He wasn't, he was never bad before. I liked his movies. Hell, I liked multiplicity and all those, but he's better now than ever. And I think this is a great film to showcase both of these big names. Worth gets an eight out of 11. All right, my friends, next up, we have the final streaming movie and that is called Cinderella. A modern movie musical with a bold take on the classic fairy tale, our ambitious heroine has big dreams, and with the help of her fab godmother, she perseveres to make them come true. I hate that premise so much. I just hate the way it's written. I hate everything about it, but I like the look of the film. I do. I think this looks good, but I just hate the way that's written. Just like on a cellular level, her fab godmother... I don't care that the Godmother is being played by Billy Porter and that Billy Porter is f***ing fabulous. Billy Porter is fabulous as f I hate the way that was written. But this movie makes me ask a bunch of questions. It does. Oh, let me tell you who's in it. This stars Camille Cabello from, well, she's a musician. <laughs> you might know her song, that, that Havana song. Billy Porter from Pose. Indina Menzel from Rent. Pierce Brosden from The World Is Not Enough. Minnie Driver from Goodwill Hunting, and James Corden from Into the Woods. And Cats, wow, he was in two shitty musical adaptations. 
Look, I know Into the Woods is beloved by a lot of theater nerds, but that movie was shit. And it's amazing how shit it was because of all the great actors they had in it. What I think is I think the play, the base product, the original, the original stage production had a shitty story. I think it's a bad story. But enough about that. Let us talk about this. Um, it makes me ask questions. Questions like, why do we need another Cinderella? But Billiam, you may be saying, this is a more diverse cast. Yes, I like this. I support this. I like diversity. I support diversity. And some of you may be saying, we have already had a diverse Cinderella in 1997, starring Brandy and Whitney Houston and Whoopi Goldberg and Bernadette Peters and Jason Alexander and Victor Garber. But when you keep that in mind, you have to ask yourself, how many people remember that movie? How many people are actively watching that movie? And if we have children these days, they're watching Cinderella. They're either watching the original cartoon or they're watching the Lily James live action, which it was not bad. It really wasn't bad. But we still want to show that we have, but we still want to show diversity because you can make the argument. And I've made this argument before. And it's the same argument that the producers of James Bond have for not making James Bond a woman is that women deserve better than the scraps from men. Like women deserve a strong character of their own instead of just handing them something going, oh, this used to be a man, but it's yours now. Here are your hand-me-downs. So while people of color and other underrepresented groups deserve that newness too, I think it is still also important to give these old famous stories a modern inclusive retelling. So you can choose to show this version to your kid. So you can go, look, here is someone in this movie that looks like you. Or, but this still makes me ask questions. But the questions I'm still asking don't have anything to do with the necessity of a Cinderella remake. and has everything to do with how they're doing it. Because if you remember me talking about the trailer, when the second trailer came out, I think, uh, she has a job and she dreams of opening her own boutique or something like that. Like, why do a retelling of a famous fairy tale and do the good job of making it inclusive yet changing the base story. I don't get it, but I'll be honest. I'm going to watch this. I am. And the good news is so many people have prime and there are ways to get prime for either free or at a very low cost. So check this out. Why not? Why not check out this new version of Cinderella? I think this is a safe bet. At the very least, it's going to be entertaining. And by watching it, you'll be supporting it and letting Amazon know that, hey, making this movie was a good choice. What else can you do? Cinderella gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, we we knew what the pick of the week was going to be. We, we did, right? Going into it. I mean, come on. But a very important second place film is one that I was excited for when I first saw the trailer last week or the week before. It w hasn't been that long. But it is coming out, and now I could talk about Wild Indian. This is getting a limited and video-on-demand release about two men who learn to confront a traumatic secret they share involving the savage murder of a schoolmate. This stars Michael Grey Eyes from True Detective, Chasky Spencer from The Twilight Saga, 
Kate Bosworth from When a Date with Ted Hamilton, and Jesse Eisenberg from Zombieland. So this is a really dark movie, because in the beginning of the trailer, we have this young man who is getting picked on a lot. He is a Native American. If I remember right, he's in a school with white students. Life just isn't that great for him. And one day he's out with his rifle, uh, just looking for something to shoot. And this fellow student walks by, doesn't see him, and he kills the student. And his friend helps him cover up this murder and they get away with it. They do. But, well, at least he does, because decades later, his friend gets out of prison. And if I remember right, his friend went to prison for that murder. So now his friend is like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm out. Um, you should do your time, too, because you did this and you should come clean. But this guy has a wife and kids now. He has a job and he goes by a different name, a white version of his name. But here comes this guy from his past threatening to tear it all down. I've read a couple reviews for this movie and everything's pretty positive. But one of the main downsides people have is that Michael Grayeyes' character is a very unlikable character. And... I don't necessarily find that a negative because I've watched movies that were good that had an unlikable main character. If you've been with the show for a while, you know that famously um, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal was a movie I walked out of. He was so unlikable, but the movie was good. It just bothered me on such a spiritual level that I had to leave. It was just too uncomfortable, but it was good. It was a well done film. Jake Gyllenhaal was amazing. So unlikable main characters aren't really a drawback. It just depends on how they're handled. So that's the question with this one. We were just talking about representation with Cinderella. And I think this is another big one because a woefully, woefully underrepresented group are Native Americans. For most people, <laughs> their experience with Native American acting is just watching a Graham Greene or... Adam Beach or Wes Studi movie. And nothing wrong, wrong with those. They're great actors. But what's very important about this one is that it's written and directed and starring by Native Americans. Um, Lyle Mitchell Corbine Jr. is a writer and director, and both Michael Gray Eyes and Chasky Spencer are Native Americans as well. What stands out to me about this movie is that even if we took the representation away, even if it was just white people, it's a white people story, I think it would still be an interesting story. Let's be honest, it is kind of a familiar story, kind of a basic story of someone's past coming back to haunt them, even though they tried to move past it. And that past is something they deserve. So does the strong Native American representation affect my score? Yes. Yes, it does. And I believe that's okay. What wouldn't be okay is if I watched it, hated it, and then talked about it anyway as if I loved it just because of the representation. I think that would be problematic, but being excited for it, that's different. Wild Indian does look good. It does look good. And like I said, even if they switched it out and it's all it's about basic white people, I still think it would be an interesting movie. The fact that it gives representation to Native Americans just makes it that much higher in my regard. Wild Indian gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, let's wrap this up with the pick of the week. You know what it is. Say it with me. The pick of the week is called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
this is getting a nationwide release, not on Disney+. Plus. I guess it's kind of a f*** you to Scarlett Johansson, maybe? Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. This stars Simu Liu from Kim's Convenience, Aquafina from The Farewell, Michelle Yolt from Tomorrow Never Dies, Tim Roth from Rob Roy, Benedict Wong from Doctor Strange, Ben Kingsley from Iron Man 3, Florian Muntinu from Creed 2, and Ronnie Chang from Crazy Rich Asians. So if you remember me talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, you'll remember that a lot like The King's Man, at first I was interested but not stoked, and the more that came out about it, the more truly stoked I got, and now I am very, very excited for it. So many people I trust in the movie content creator world out there have seen the film and liked it. But trailers make this look good. This is a another not well-known character that just like the Avengers, just like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, just like all of them are now going to be brought to the forefront, brought to the tip of everyone's tongues and brought into a world of familiarity for comic book and movie fans. I'll be honest, I knew of Shang-Chi. I knew Shang-Chi was a character. I had never read a comic. I have read comics with Shang-Chi in it, but never as a main character. And I'm kind of impressed with myself with that one. But now this character is but now this character is going to become a household name, and that pleases me. Now we're going to start to see the new Avengers slowly build themselves up. We have a cap we have a new Captain America. Pretty soon we're going to have a new Hawkeye. We have Captain Marvel. So between the upcoming movies and the shows, we are going to get a new Avengers group. We're also getting Fantastic Four. We know that. We know mutants are planned. So the biggest question I have now is that after the MCU gets bigger and bigger and bigger, will we continue to have one main big storyline? Uh, because we know that the new big bad or the next big bad is going to be Kang the Conqueror. We can see the new Avengers group slowly being formed. We can uh, predict that the Fantastic Four will be part of that. But after this story arc is done, after the X-Men are introduced, after all this stuff is going on, will we continue to have one story? Because in the comics, when you have something that involves everyone, it's a huge event. Look at Civil War, look at Final Crisis, look at things like that, where it's not just one graphic novel. I mean, you, you can get it condensed, but you miss all these big side stories. So are we slowly seeing the end of a relatively easy to follow MCU story? Because up until now, you just had to watch the movies in order. Like that, that's it. There's a chronological order, but even if you watch them in release order, it's still not that hard to follow. But now with the multiverse, now with more characters coming in, will it get even more convoluted? But let's finish talking about Shang-Chi. I do think this looks good. This looks like a solid film. It doesn't look like it's going to be groundbreaking like Black Panther was. But that that's another thing that bothers me is that everyone keeps com trying to compare this to Black Panther. And it's 100% because these are both about minorities. When Eternals come out, people aren't going to ask, oh, but how does it compare to Black Panther? But that nitpick aside... I still am excited for this. Uh, like I said, I wasn't super excited when the first trailer came out, though I was very excited for an Asian superhero. 
And as more and more trailers come out, I'm getting more and more excited. I just hope Disney doesn't do anything underhanded because Simu Liu doesn't seem like the type of person to just sit back and take it. He'd probably take action like Scarlett Johansson did and then never work for them again. But this film is finally going to show us the Mandarin we deserve. Even though Ben Kingsley was great, he wasn't the Mandarin. But let's face it, even though Marvel movies are popular, they're not for everyone. There are even some people who hate them on principle, going, Oh, I'm never going to watch one of those. It's not cinema. Blah, blah, blah. And look, whatever. If you don't like movies like this, that's fine. If you think that it's not art or whatever, watch what you want. But just understand that these movies do well for a reason. Because not only are they flashy, not only are they enjoyable, but... A lot of times they are quality too. So if movies like this are up your alley, Shang-Chi is the movie to watch this week. If not, if you don't like these kind of movies, there are plenty of other films coming out that may, that might tickle your fancy. As for myself, I'm torn. Uh, my wife and I are still trying to stay safe, not going out to theaters just because our theaters stopped doing the social distancing, which disappointed us. But I really want to see it and it's not coming to streaming. Uh, I would have paid the $30 for this on Disney Plus, I would have, and now they don't do it. I want to see this in theaters, and I really have to sit down and ask myself, how important is it for me to support this th uh, to support this movie? If you see it, let me know. Let me know what you thought, and when I see it, I'll let you know what I think. But right now, I'll tell you that Chung-Chi gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, that is it for this episode. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. It has been episode 215, Ring Ring Cinderella. We'll be back next week. And we have two more episodes before I take another break, because the week of the 20th, uh, I am going to Colorado with some friends. We have a cabin, so we are, you know, we're social distancing in our own ways while we are on this little vacation, even though we have to travel for it. But just four guys alone in the cabin in the middle of nowhere in Colorado. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? So I will see you next week. As always, if you have any questions or did I miss something you want to hear me talk about, let me know. And I will send you along your way to listen to the other great shows that you may listen to. So let's close this up with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also share the podcast, share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends... My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>